Hey guys, how's it going? I'm Alex. Welcome to another episode of Stop Being Busy. So yes, this is week four, episode four. I hope you've enjoyed the last couple of episodes. If this is your first one, welcome. Um, what these podcasts are about. So I'm a dad. I've been a dad for 21 months now. My little boy, Luca, is growing up so quickly. I can't believe um, how big he is now. So these podcasts are all about me doing dad life, trying to get fit, and I'm also self-employed as well, so I contract um, here in the UK. So I wanted to start this podcast just to help anyone who is a dad um, <laughs> trying to get fit, trying to get rid of the dad bod, because yes, it is a real thing. It does happen uh, when a baby is underway or when a baby arrives. And then also, just more importantly as well, just contracting. It's not an easy thing to do, um, especially if you've got a baby on the way or if you've got a family and you've got people that are relying on you leaving a permanent job to go into a contract opportunity it's not easy it's difficult it can be stressful but for me personally I think there are so many more pros than cons to contracting so yeah hope you enjoyed the last couple went away but last week was about my introduction to or welcome to daddy life so like I said it was just literally just running through quite quickly just some of the milestones um, that I've seen in the last 21 months literally starting from get into the hospital to some of the key things that Luke has done. So from rolling to moving into his cot and sleeping by himself to assisted standing, learning to walk and joining nursery as well. So yeah, really enjoying these so far. Hope you are too. But as always, I need to get better at promoting myself. So if you get over to TikTok, you can find me at Stop Being Busy. Have a watch of my videos. Anything you want to um, comment on them, just leave a message. If you've got any questions for me as well, just send me a message and I'll get back to you as soon as I can. So yes, moving into week four. So today, this is something that has actually plagued me in the five years that I've been a contractor. So the thing that I'm talking about is imposter syndrome. Now, this has come up loads of times in the last five years, as I just mentioned. So I work in data analytics. I used to work in social media analytics and previously, that's when I started contracting. And this has come up so many times. And the way that it manifests itself will be literally, I start a contract and then I think that I obviously don't know as much as everyone else and I'm trying to play catch up. And then I start thinking, why have they employed me rather than going after another um, contractor? And there's so many things. It's like, am I actually good enough for this role? And what I'm doing, is it valid across the business? Blah, 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 blah. It goes on, this goes on, this goes on, this goes on. And this usually presents itself when I'm coming up to contract renewal time. So at present, I've got my contracts running until the end of the year. So I've got a couple of months left on it. There's no worries or rush there at all. But what I've started to do is dip into the market, look around, just see what the market is saying. I like to get a good gauge on what jobs are available, uh, what skills are the most uh, predominant across all of the the type of jobs or roles that I would usually apply for and I've noticed a few things and then I start to think oh oh, I don't know if I know that do I need to learn that do I need to develop do I need to put more time into study like all of these things that come in and they start to compound so rather than just sticking to a plan which I've set myself and I'm working towards I try to go for the now rather than um, the longevity and the plan and if I'm just trying to think about the now this is where this anxiety starts to kick in. Am I good enough? What should I be doing? Oh, am I wasting time? 
all of these things. So I'm basically going to run through a couple um, points which have helped me um, to overcome um, imposter syndrome in the last couple of years working as a contractor. So what is imposter syndrome? So the definition of imposter syndrome is the persistent feeling of self-doubt, incompetence and inadequacy. Um, even though in the job that you're doing, you're actually doing it really well. So you can still have those feelings. All right. So like I said, when I normally get this is normally at the beginning of a, it'll be at the beginning of a contract or when I'm coming up to contract renewal. And the one thing that triggers it always, always, always at the beginning of a contract is when I start comparing my knowledge to employees or permanent members of staff that have been at a company for a longer period of time. So they know the services inside out, they know the products inside out, they know key contacts around the business. And like I know it's stupid, but it's something that I do all the time and I have to keep reminding myself that obviously I don't know anything about this business. Sometimes in the contracts that I'm taking, I might not even know anything about the sector as well. So my learning curve is really steep at the beginning, but because, and then what I've got to do is lean on my experience as a contractor and just constantly remind myself that I know what I'm doing. I know how to use the tools. I know how to use the systems. I just need to learn how this business operates, how this sector operates how the company itself has historically created reports and um, where do they get the data from? Like all of these things, um, they're brand new because every company operates in a slightly different way. They may use the same tools, but they operate in a slightly different way. So once I've got my head around all of that, then I can start to impact the business because I've got the skills to do the job. And that's why I've been hired in the first place. And the big thing happens all the time. I need to like remind myself that I've been in this situation before, I've done this before. Um, so taking my time, taking a step back, looking at the overall uh, picture of the business, what are they trying to achieve? Building those relationships with key contacts myself. And more, most important thing of all is literally asking questions, not being afraid to ask questions, not shying away from asking questions um, and not not feeling that you are a bit, you, makes you look silly if you do ask a question as well, because end of the day if you don't ask a question you get something wrong then it's gonna impact you more than if you just ask the silly question in the first place so yeah I've learned definitely how to get over that and I have to keep telling myself this um, and I find just writing these key things down at the beginning of a contract and just referring to them um, as I'm going through it just keeps me balanced keeps me level because there's so many things going on I'm um, at the start getting a new getting a new onto <laughs> I'm really bad at speaking today. Getting system access, um, connecting with the right people and obviously learning what you actually have to do or deliver the services products. It's a lot to take in. So yeah, it can be a really good, really difficult and stressful time as well. And the perm job, you have a bit more time, I guess, to adapt to the role. But obviously the nature of a contract is you are supposed to come in and hit the ground running. It's not necessarily that strict I would say I said this on the previous um, podcast or previous episode you normally have around I normally give myself four to six weeks to really get up to speed with what's going on I won't know everything inside out but I'll know a good basis I'll have a good foundation um, which will allow me to develop um, and actually uh, complete the objective of the contract itself so what I'm going to go into on this podcast is just um 
a few things that could potentially help you if you are starting to feel a bit of this imposter syndrome. So self-doubt, um, not believing in yourself, um, undervaluing what you're actually doing as well. So yes, I've been doing this for a couple of years. You might be brand new. This might be your first contract or your second contract. So I'm just like, again, I just want to share some of the things that's helped really helped me and um, push on. So let's get in. Um, the first one is really to get a, get a pen out, get a pen and paper out while you're listening to this. If you've got the, if you've got the opportunity to get a notepad out, notepad out, or use your phone, take some notes, and yeah, just think about what is your why. Why have you decided to contract in the first place? So for me, I've mentioned this before, a previous episode. I wanted to contract because I wanted to go traveling with my wife, who had a sabbatical from being a teacher. So she had twelve months off. I was working in a perm job. I needed to obviously, um, I wanted to go traveling with her, but I needed to make money while I was doing it as well. So contracting was a great way for me to do this. So I was able to work while we traveled and make some money and fund our trip, which is what I needed. So what is your why? And then from there, I've developed, um, I've developed why I've wanted to contract so initially it was just to travel but as I've come back to the UK it was to more have more flexibility more freedom and more control over my career so the types of companies that I work for when I work where I work from so I've been pretty much working remotely for the last five years um, both at home and in a variety of offices in and around London uh, yeah so you develop your why is it just because you want to make more money that's that's a that's a valid why if that's what that's what drives you that's your reason uh, is it because you want more of uh, more control over when you work um when you can go to the gym <laughs> for example and a big one for me as well is on my why again these things will develop um, the more that you contract is i had kids so luke was born and if I were in a permanent role and I was traveling as much as I had to in my previous roles, I wouldn't have been around for him as much. So I would leave in the morning to commute to work before he went to nursery and I'd probably be getting back from work just as he was going to bed. So I wouldn't be spending as much time with him in the daytimes um, or in, in the evening at all. So wouldn't be doing dinner with him, wouldn't be doing bath time, reading book. I'd be missing a lot of the key um, bonding sessions, which I think is really important. Um with a dad and their child so yeah definitely uh, for me my why was I get to spend a lot of time with Luca and um, before he even went to nursery I was able to help mum out as well because while mum was on maternity leave so when Luca was at home on my lunch breaks for example I can spend some time with him I can just take him for a walk and give mum a bit of downtime or if he were ill um, from when he started nursery um, there was a time when he had really bad chest infections. He also had hand, foot and mouth at a different time as well. Um, and someone needed to stay home with him. Um, so because I was working from home, I, was, I didn't have to go into the office. I was able to shift the hours that I was working. So look after Luca in the daytime. And then when mum came home, I could jump on and do my work. Do you know what I mean? So you have that flexibility as well. So really just have a think about what your why is, why you want to contract. Um... I did mention like money is a good one, but I think you need to really develop it out just a little bit more. Maybe have money at the top and then just start to, to develop that into other points. And it will just help you a lot when you are in this state of, um, I've got imposter syndrome. 
why am I actually here? Why am I doing this? What is the ultimate goal? Where am I going with this? What do I want to achieve? And I think just the money thing isn't just isn't enough really. But again, it's still a valid reason. Um, next one. So <laughs> this is a big one. Don't assume you know what your coworkers are thinking about you and your work. So I've done this so many times when, especially when you're working remotely, you deliver a bit of work. And if your main communications is on Slack or on Teams or, or whatever it is, whatever tool you're using, and it's just radio silence, or you send an email and you're not getting anything back, or you're consistently sending work and you're not getting any feedback off the back of it, you could start to think, oh, is it me? Is my work good enough? Um, am I not doing what I should be doing? Should Am I, am I not doing what I should supposed to be doing? in this particular role so all of these things can start to manifest and as time goes by if you don't challenge them and if you don't tackle them early um they can start to cause you a bit of anxiety and workplace stress which which is what i found is if any of any of these points that i get into if if i've allowed them to build and develop long enough over a long enough period of time i've started to bring that stress into the home so it may be I, I really don't argue that much with my wife but it may be I'll be a bit off um she might ask me to do something and the way that I respond will be quite short or I'm just not in a playful mood with with the little one like all of these little things they, they can manifest and come bring home and you can bring it home um I do as I say I do try to tackle them as soon as I can because I I think the home should be uh, a calming environment calm place calm environment because everyone's got their stresses everyone's got their problems um and then for me to put my problems on top of other people as well and then compound them I just don't think it's fair so yeah um going back to the point not assuming what co-workers think it's an easy one to really come over um overcome and it's just a case of having a conversation and um, once you've delivered work ask for a bit of feedback as I did I hit the right points did I miss something um I know that you've looked at this previously was there anything that you saw um do you know what I mean like get that feedback and be open to criticism as well because you're a contractor you're supposed to be uh, you're not a permanent member of staff where there's going to be a longer period of development. You're in for a, 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 a finite a period of time. You're there to do a particular job and you want to know that you're doing the job well. And the reason I say this is if your contract is three months, if you go in and absolutely smash that contract for three months, two things could happen. You either get a renewal or you can move on to another role with a skill that you may not have had previously and you can take that onto another contract and increase your day rate. So that might not happen over a short three month period. But if that happens, if you have multiple three month contracts to different places, learning new skills, developing a new skill, for example, Power BI, a visualization tool, you never used it before. You used it in one uh, one company that you joined. Um, they had Power BI. You asked all your questions. You started learning, did some like research and study in the background, developed a few dashboards, asked for some feedback, got some good feedback take that with you that's a new skill which you've started to develop you've moved on to another contract you're using power bi again and now you're not a beginner you're like um you, you're a beginner you, you're not starting from the from the bottom basically you've got a bit of beginner knowledge you can develop it every time become intermediate and become a power user over say three different contracts at different companies um and what i found as well is every company uses tools slightly differently as well so 
by moving around, you can potentially develop um, your knowledge with that particular tool really quickly. So you've got all of this feedback, you've got all of this knowledge, and then you can just move on and actually become a power user with that particular tool. So yeah, I think it's really important not to assume um, and just ask for feedback, ask questions. Um, and don't shy away from um, your colleagues, especially if you work remotely as well, because end of the day, getting a contract, it's all about you. It comes down to you, how you package yourself. So the work that you do, obviously, and how you communicate with others, how you promote and self-promote yourself, um, and how you build your your network on um, whatever area you do it. So if that's just word of mouth or if you're using LinkedIn, yeah, there's loads of different ways to do it. So yes. On to the next point. So this has probably been the biggest thing for me uh, when it comes to when I'm starting to feel a bit of um, imposter syndrome in a particular role. I'm not not believing in myself. And this one normally comes around renewal time. So when my contract is nearly winding up, um, there's not going to be a... Sorry, I said renewal. When it comes to finding a new contract. So this would be the contracts let's say you've got a month left there's no renewal um that's not any fault of yours it's just that contract is a particular um finite time so it could be six months and then that's it and then you need to start looking around um for new jobs and you're looking at job boards you're looking at um job descriptions and you're thinking oh my god i can't do that oh i've never learned how to do that how am i going to apply for that and what really has helped me with this is instead of looking for a job or contracts um, a month before my new contract is up. I mentioned this earlier. I start looking, say, three to six months and I start building a plan for myself for the year. So I look at job specs and I might see a role that has Python on it, for example. I see a number of roles or analyst roles that have Python on it. And at present, I'm learning Python. So I know in the future it'll be a tool um, or a language, a programming language that'll be really useful for me. And I noticed this before. If I learn this tool, learn this program, then obviously I'll be able to apply for um, more data analyst roles. I'll be able to increase my day rate as well. But if I also know it's going to take me a period of time to learn it. So it's not going to take me three months, not going to take me six months. Doing a contract, um, <laughs> trying to stay fit and then also family time as well. It takes up time. So you the the amount of time I have free to actually learn a new um, piece of software at all, obviously it's going to take a bit longer. And this is where the key comes in. It's all about having a plan. So a three month, a six month and a 12 month plan. So just for example, my 12 month plan is to learn Python and also develop um, a new data visualization tool um, skill as well. So I know how to use Power BI. Um, I want to also learn how to use Tableau. I know they're quite similar, but I just haven't jumped into Tableau that much um, at present as well. So that's my 12-month plan. And then looking at six months, I guess you can just look at an overall 12 plan, but I just like to have checkpoints um, at three and six months. So how much of a particular tool do I know? Am I moving towards my my overall goal um in the end my end goal or am i literally just being lazy and doing nothing and pushing putting it off and that's why i like to have the three and six month checkup so so my last year um 12 month goal was to learn power bi and that's what i did i literally did a few courses online i took my time learning the tool uh, spending time with the tool um building dashboards for myself and just by doing that and beginning to 
I know this sounds a bit sad, but falling in love with the, the actual um, visualization tool itself, then that's now a skill which I can put onto my CV. And when I do, when I do look for contracts, um, I can apply for roles that have Power BI and use DAX as well, because I'm comfortable using both Power BI um, and the query language within it, DAX or formula language DAX within it. So yeah, definitely helps. And the reason why um, I've brought this one up and why it can help you with imposter syndrome again is don't look at job descriptions or try not to look at job descriptions and think, oh my God, I can't do that. And then start to think, feel anxious about, oh, I don't know any of these skills. So I'm never going to be able to get the job. It's all about just having a bit of um, forward uh, planning. So if you're in a, in a role now and your contract is up in three months time, what could you do or what could you learn in the next three months which will make you more employable for another contract um, when your current contract runs out? So that's just in the short term. Again, look at uh, contracts that you aspire to do in that you can't do right now. You might not have the skills to do right now, but in 12 months time, if you put the hard work in and you put the time in, don't have to put in like all your time, but just put some of your free time in. Would you have that skill to be able to apply for that role in 12 months time? And just by chipping away, doing small bits every day or every other day, you're working towards your end goal. And I think for me, that has really helped me um, reduce my um, my anxiety when it comes to applying for new contracts. Because I know, for example, I don't know what uh, the job market is going to be like in six months time. It's normally pretty quiet around Christmas, January anyway. Um, but when I am applying, I will have Python on there. I will have Power BI on there. And I may even jump into generative um, AI as well because everyone's using it. It's a bit of a fad at the moment. I'm going to wait for it to die down, but I'm still doing my reading in the background. There's a few courses that I want to jump on and do. Um, I want to do some more work in a statistical analysis as well. Um, and these are all of the things that I've got on my my uh, study plan for the next 12 months. And again, like I said, every three to six months, I will just tick off, okay, I've done stats analysis. I've done a course in that. I can tick off doing a course in um, an additional course in Power BI. I can tick off another course in data warehousing. And then my my big goal is ticking off um, Python. So by the end of the year, I've learned, say, four to five new skills, which will enable me to increase my um, the, my day rate at the beginning of 2024, rather than just sitting on what I'm doing now and hoping that someone will employ me um, in the at the end. It may happen. It's happened in the past. I've not always studied to get new uh, roles or new jobs, but I've just found if you do study, it just makes you a more employ- employable and it's just a bit more fun. Do you know what I mean? Like you're putting some effort into your own career because I've said this so many times before, um, being a contractor, it's all down to you. No one else is in control of your career except for you. Um, and if you don't put the hard work in, um, then you're not going to get results. And I've got goals. I've got targets. I want to I wanna do stuff with my life. I want to uh, spend, I want to go on really nice holidays with my family. I want Luca to have a good upbringing and go skiing and snowboarding like I've done in my later years. I never did it as a child, could never afford it. But it's something that I've got into in my mid to late 20s and I really enjoy it. So now I want him to do that from from when he's five I want him to be on the slopes do you know what I mean so but to be able to do that I need to make sure that I'm hitting my study goals so that I can get the jobs and contracts that um, are in line with my targets and goals what I want to achieve so that's that one definitely study make a plan find some tools or point checkpoints for 12 months 
find something you want to achieve in 12 months and then break that down into smaller um, milestones. And honestly, it makes such a big difference um, if you're feeling a bit of self-doubt, especially when you're looking for new jobs or contracts. Um, next one. So I've covered uh, Remember Your Why. I've covered Don't Assume You Know What Your Coworkers Think About You and Your Work. Um, having a three, six and 12 month study plan. Oh my gosh, this is such a big one. So the next one and yeah, so the next two, final final two, um, identify and document and also celebrate all of your wins and successes. Now, this is something that you would do if you're in a permanent role. You know, when you have to do your end of year reviews, you need to collect evidence from the last 12 months of all the things that you've done well. Um, how you've helped, for example, how you've helped a business save X by looking at um, customer journeys on a website, which helped to increase A, B and C. Do you know what I mean? Like all of these things you need to, you know, need to note them down, uh, which stakeholders you worked with, how it's benefited them, how much time you've saved, like all of these stuff you'll do in a permanent job. As a contractor, um, I've done it myself. I've noticed that I've not necessarily always written down my key wins because I'm not always at a business for long enough. So I might be the three months and I've moved on. And as I get my help them onto the next one, and my head is straight into work, work, work mode. But I'm not taking a moment just to take a step back and go, right, I actually helped that business um, achieve X, Y, and Z. Um, and the reason why this is really important is these are the things that will really um, bulletproof your CV when it comes to applying for a new contract so if you've helped increase sales for a particular brand because of your analysis or the visualizations or dashboards that you've built then make sure you've written that down because that's something that will go in your cv for that particular role um and the reason the reason i've started to do this now as well is when you're having con when you're having conversations with recruitment consultants or even if you're just having a conversation with um, your your network so it could be friends could be family family um, you're not necessarily saying exactly what you've done but you're you're giving examples of how you're developing and what you do as a data analyst and honestly the majority of my contracts have come from word of mouth so if I'm not talking about what I do and what I do well then that wouldn't stick in someone's mind they wouldn't go oh Alex can potentially do that or I know someone called Alex who's an analyst um you might want to get in touch with him. He may be able to help you um, move forward. So yeah, definitely write down your wins, um, review them, keep them up to date because this is the thing that's really going to help you win contracts, um, both via your CV, um, using your social networks, if you're using LinkedIn, for example, and then also when you're having con conversations, when you're networking with others as well. But equally, um, as as important or probably even more important than document documenting your or celebrating your wins is to do exactly the same um for your failures so the reason i say this is i have learned or what i've noticed in my career is whenever i've made a mistake or i've been made aware of a mistake that i've made i've reacted to it um quicker i've learned quicker i've gone off and made adjustments to my current knowledge my current knowledge base or or made sure that i'm connecting with the right people a lot more frequently to make sure that mistake never happens again because as a contractor i'm fully aware that my reputation is based on my performance and the way that i communicate with others so if i do make a mistake 
um, I try to learn from it. And I think that's really important. It's not just all about, oh, I made a mistake. Oh my God, I'm a failure. I'll never be able to be any better. Um, I've made loads of mistakes in my career. I'm not going to, I'm not going to sugarcoat it and lie about it. I've made mistakes and I think we all do. Um, we all just shy away from them, I guess. And yeah, I've made some big ones. I've made some smaller ones, but all of them I've learned tenfold what to do next time to make sure that whatever bit of work that I'm doing, whether it'll be in analytics or when I was working in social media marketing, or even when I was working on the phones in customer service, um, right back at the beginning of my career, if I made a mistake, I'd learn from it a lot quicker. And all of these failures, I know it sounds like a bad word failure, but all of these failures have kind of compounded and helped me to learn a lot quicker and just be better at my job. But it doesn't always just, I'm not just talking about career. I'm not just talking about work. Just for an example, when I used to play football, when I used to play in goal, when I played football, so I played in goal first and then I moved onto pitch and played up front. So when I played in goal, I had only ever played five-a-side football in goal growing up in London, South East London. Only ever played five-a-side football and then park football where we didn't have full-size goals. We just had like literally bags on in on the floor in the grass um, and there were smaller goals and that was it. So I had no awareness of how to play in 11-a-side. So when I did make the transition over, even though I was a really good shot stopper, I had no knowledge of like my spatial awareness, uh, positional awareness, um, distribution. It was all completely different because I was playing a different style of football. So my first couple of games, I was letting in so many goals that it made me look really bad. Um, but I knew I was better. I just needed to learn how to adapt um, to a new environment, new situation. So this is what I learned. So every time I played, if I were to be off my line, say I got chipped, it's because I was off my line too much. I needed to be a bit aware of my spatial position. I learned how to mark my six yard box. So even if I weren't on my line, I could quickly see where my posts were by just looking at the markings that I'd left on the grass um, for where my post would be. So I knew exactly where I was at all times. I learned how to control my centre backs, how to control the full backs, how to build that um, communication with um, the strikers who are right up top of the pitch by using hand signals for example if they were watching me off on the, off a goal kick like all of these things I would never have learned them I didn't go to a football club or have a coach to teach me I had to learn them by making mistakes and by making these mistakes and um, I was able to actually develop and become a really good goalkeeper and I was really happy with what I did achieve playing in goal for all the teams that I did play for so there we have it. There we go. That's another episode done. It's episode four complete. So yeah, self-doubt, um, imposter syndrome, it will creep in. And I think the key is just to understand that at any point this could creep into, into your life. So I'm not necessarily saying that um, you will be, you're more prone or it's definitely going to happen to you, but there are chances that you will feel a bit of self-doubt at one point or another. And just some of these tips could just help you um, navigate it a little bit easier. But I'll be really interested just to hear from other contractors and um, how they actually get over um, feeling self-doubt, how you get over imposter syndrome when you think you've been hired for a role, when you've been hired for a role and you don't think it should have been you, it should have been someone else, especially when you've done the first couple of weeks. Like, how do you navigate it? What are some of the things that you you use to help you keep on 
on target keep your mind in check like what do what are your processes and how do you go about it and how do you get rid of this imposter syndrome that can creep in so yeah that's it for the end of um, episode four hope you really enjoyed it remember get over to my tiktok leave me a message at stop being busy and as always get out there stop being busy and make it happen see you later